And you are now tuned into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio, brought to you by M3S3 Clothing. Men make moves and suckers stand still. And tonight we have a legend in the making, Mr. Rob Hayes. You have seen him on The Tonight Show, Comedy Central, Vice, and Kev on Stage Studios, and everywhere else and in between. I bring to you Mr. Rob Hayes. What's good? If I had some sound effects, man, you would have got some like applause and shit, but I, I really don't. It's all good. It's all good. Somebody's clapping somewhere. You deserve it, though, bro. You deserve it, man. How's Thank life? You. It's going well. I'm actually uh, in Atlanta right now, uh, hanging with some family. So, uh, yeah, I'm have, having a good time in between my grandmother's birthday and my and my sister's birthday. Um, the pollen's getting to me a little bit. I'm, Forgot about like how how bad the the pollen is, so my allergies is all flaring up, and it's the worst time to have allergies. You know, you can start breathing hard. <laughs> yeah, everybody everybody thinks it's it's you know the 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 real serious sickness, and it's like now I'm just sneezing. You know, I don't I don't got to get PCR or nothing. I just did. Yeah. That's so so depressing. Like you can't mm-hmm. cough, you can't sneeze, you can't do shit in public mm-hmm. without everybody looking at you like you got that shit. Yeah, and it makes me want to touch my eyes like so bad, like just you know, because they they itching. But that's like the worst thing you can do, you know. <laughs> Why comedy, bro? Um, I always was interested in comedy. I always was, you know. As soon as I was cognizant of it, I was just like, you know, just just interested. Not not even like a like a super fan yet, you know. Just just wondering what it was. But uh, I don't know. I uh, I used to play around at poetry nights when I was in college, and my poems would be more funny than poignant, you know. <laughs> and so getting those first laughs was like you know, the first taste of a drug. And then after that, I wanted to try jokes and trying jokes was the first thing that I was good at immediately. And then, uh, yeah, I was just kind of off to the races from there. The delivery, is that just you normally or is that something you perfected? No, it's, it's really me normally and me embracing who I am normally. I think when I first started, I would put on a voice a little bit and, uh-huh. and kind of, you know, be a combination of a, a lot of my favorite artists. And then after a while, I just started to realize that if I if I talk the way that I like just normally talk mm-hmm. on stage, then when something, you know, when I think of something, I could just pop it in like I could be more more just present and in the moment if I'm myself because like your shit is like 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 hilarious hilarious like thank you niggas in the Apollo dying over themselves hilarious thank you I I did the Apollo once I did the uh the Apollo comedy club and they they put my name on the marquee and stuff and yeah (sighs) it's dope it was amazing yeah yeah we we went to uh uh Harlem few years back and that's that's like the thing i needed to see was the apollo didn't go inside we got pictures outside and shit you know like your name on the marquee that's got to be dope 
It was pretty dope. Like they had, um, they had a like sweet deal. They had, it, it wasn't in the main room, but they had a, another little side room that they had the Apollo Comedy Club or whatever. And uh, it was once a month, but so for a whole month, one of the things on the marquee would be the names of the comedians. So yeah, that's a picture that I have, you know, forever. That's fucking dope, Rob mm-hmm. Hayes. Is that your real name? Technically, <laughs> it's a it's a variation <laughs> of my real name. You know, I I gave my first name a nickname and my last name a nickname, but you know, because the haze is like um like I was watching uh you on the eighty five South show with uh mm-hmm. with Los, mm-hmm. and it's been a minute since I smoked some weed. I'm a long time. It's one of the few conversations where I literally got the same high. Like mm. the two of y'all were like. We used to like when I would be around Los, it would just I would just be picking his brain. It's just, you know, I I recognize that Los is a genius and he knows a little bit about everything. And so I would just try to like find, you know, where are the limits and and when you're dealing with someone as silly and as, as fun as Los, then there are no limits because it's like, you know, either one of us is going to know it or one of us is going to feel like making it up, you know? <laughs> that was like the most unemployed conversation I've ever heard. Yeah, no. The, the, thing, the thing with Los is you can't, you know, there's so many, I don't know, I think in comedy there's so many people that they want to kind of steer and direct, you know, a conversation or where things go and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Los, you, you know, Los is always in charge, you know. All right, so my first actual question question. Okay. Kanye, mm-hmm. how are you feeling about your guy now? Um, You know, having the, the podcast, it, it was a double-edged sword. I, at the time you didn't hear his name every day. It, it seemed like there was a purpose. It seemed like there was interest and it was it was a fun idea to make a podcast about someone that, that was so interesting and so, mm-hmm. you know, easy to talk about, but also would go away for some long periods of time and then yeah. come back. And so, um, you know, I, I would never think in today's climate where people are so tired of, of hearing about Kanye, of doing doing the podcast, um, but you know it's 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 taken so many turns and stuff, and I I don't even think it's in the in the consciousness because of everything that's happened. I don't even think it's as bad as the spring of eighteen when he put the hat on, or the fall of eighteen when he met with Trump and stuff. I don't even think it's as bad because we've already been through that. I don't know. Already, we've already been. He's already been in the hospital. He's already had the blonde hair. He already, you know, like we've been through so much that I don't think people are surprised anymore. I don't think people are shocked anymore, and I think that's that's a big part of it. And I, I, I agree with you. I don't think people are shocked anymore. But I will say the documentary has helped him tremendously. Yeah. Because it, it has made people get it, so to speak. Like the relationship he had with his moms was 
something we can most of us can relate to a lot and losing her you kind of understand him losing himself he just had to do the shit publicly you know couple that with we've all had that one chick where we just lost our fucking mind over at least most people i know that one chick or that one dude for whatever reason they just got in your head and they live there rent free for a while that's kim kardashian for him and yeah. he's extra rich so he can do shit that the average guy can't do i can't buy a house for my ex not that i wanted to but if I wanted to, I can't afford no shit like that. You know, he can do ridiculously rich shit and the whole world sees him falling down the mountain. It's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, I, Cootie said something that was very interesting in the third episode when he was like, Kanye told me now all I have to do is play a character. Mm. And so if you're thinking like his mindset is, yeah, this this persona is a character, and on our podcast we used to always talk about how, you know, like Kanye was like an entity, and there was a lot of moving parts in the in the you know, putting this brand together that yeah. that we know as Kanye, but um, him saying that, and then him losing his mom when that's his mindset, it's like oh now it's. I can never turn the character off. There's nowhere to go mm. and be, you know, Kanye Omari or just Kanye the person. You know, yeah. I'm I'm always in character or yeah. I've I've lost myself in character. And that's that's a scary place, you know. That is a scary place. The funniest joke you've come up with and the worst joke the funniest joke I've come up with and the worst joke. Uh, oh, man. I If I could phone a friend, I could probably, this would probably be way better. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, for me, the funniest one is the, I, I'm, I'm strong, I just have a weak grip. Yeah, that's like a... Um, that's a, hilarious, bro. That's like a a piece of a of the project that I'm working on now. So I'm 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 working on like a whole bigger uh like a special maybe album, special album like combo. But uh yeah that's that's a part of this this new thing that I'm working on and I'm I'm super excited about about that joke and just uh because it's it's a not even a real part of my life. It's a real part of like so many comics in New York lives that, uh, you know, there was this moving company that I worked for and, you know, I was, they hated me. They hated me. Oh, so this me. was a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, a lot. I mean, I can't tell you the last joke that I made that, that just was like something I made up. Like, like, yeah, the best jokes come from the truth. Yo, they actually it's, sent you home. They sent me home one day, <laughs> and they was just like, cause it would it would start off cool. We would start off everybody cordial, joking around and stuff. But then, as the people realized I wasn't doing as much as they were doing, there would it would start being an attitude. There would start being like, you know, oh my god, colder. Yeah. It, would, it would be a little awkward in the truck or whatever. And so, yeah, so 
Yeah, one of the guys, they whispered to the other guy that made a call, and then they dropped me off somewhere. I was like, hey, look, we'll keep going. I'm sorry, bro. Paid me out. Paid me out, you know. Yo, you like, got paid for that, though. I got paid for what I had did so far. I didn't get paid for the next job or whatever. Uh-oh. But I, was, I got pictures. I got, like, bruises on my arm. Like, yeah, I was... It was not. It was not a good job for me. I was. I would also do temp work where I would work behind a desk and reception and stuff, which also is not the best fit. You know, me at a company answering the phone. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's also not a great fit. Fit, but it was. It was way better than than me on a moving truck. My cousin used to do that shit. That shit was horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's rough. And then the the name of the company I don't want to say the name of the company, but the name of the company uh, attracted people that had terrible jobs. Like the like the way the company branded itself, it was kind of like we'll do the hard stuff, you know. Okay, and people mm-hmm. expecting you to pick up their damn house. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been there. Um, have you ever been booed? Yeah, I've been booed. What you do? Uh, um, there's really not much you can do. Like, you just like, stand there. I mean, no, you gotta you gotta bounce. You know, it's it's not like <laughs> you just leave you up. You can't really fight through it. Well, like the thing is, if someone yells out words, mm-hmm. I I'm nice with words. I okay. can manipulate words all day. If somebody boos, then it's it's beyond words, because a boo is kind of a rallying cry to get everyone else against you. You know, it's to get the majority against you. And so when when you get booed, that means that enough people have not liked you that they you know like some people just just join in because they've never seen it. They're just yeah. like, well, I, I do want to, I do want to see someone get booed. I am safe in the darkness. This is, this is fun. This is making the this more enjoyable. But there are some people. But there are there are boo nights in Atlanta where I started, where you know, you would get three minutes and people would be on the edge of their seat prepared to boo you, and. Um, you know, it's it's a rough place to start because there's so much you don't know about how to address the audience, how to start, mm-hmm. how to cut the music off. You know, they, and the minute they smell blood, they boo you. But I feel like those rooms made me find my voice so so much faster. So you was know? there like a, a did you have like a comedic uh, mentor, or you just had to learn the shit on your own? I had a I had a mentor, but uh, I feel like he was very hands off. You know how they say like Phil Jackson would just sit down, yeah, and then he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't like, call you know, a timeout in the regular season. He wouldn't call a yeah. timeout. He would just kind of let you figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what my mentor did. Ronnie Jordan was like uh, the first person that passed me a mic, and the person that I would call and like ask what he thought about certain stuff and everything and um you know like when i was starting out 
all he told me was stay on stage and kind of was hands off. Mm -hmm. But it really helped because then I wasn't like leaning on, oh, this is Ronnie's boy. You know, this is this guy's cool with Ronnie. It was it was all on my own. I was finding out how to get on shows on my own, you know, what pitfalls to look out for, what not to look out for, you know, what was hacky, what was had been done, you know, all that stuff I was kind of figuring out on my own. And, you know, if I if I if I got to like a dead end or something, I, I did have mm -hmm. somebody I could call, but at the same time I was I was figuring it out. I was figuring it out. I was super smart about it, super intense about it, you know, doing something every day. If I, get, trying to get on stage every day. If I wasn't getting on stage, I was at the club somewhere watching somebody. If not, I was watching specials, get home, turn on the late night shows, watching the late night sets, like all that every day, every single day. So when you got the call for the Tonight Show, did you already have a set? Did you like, oh, I'm ready to go? Or did you did you make something specifically for the Tonight Show? So they um, they saw me. I did this showcase for E. Mm -hmm. And then um, I had been around the booker for the Tonight Show for a couple of years. I won the Laughing Skull Festival. He was one of the judges. But they they never felt that I had the set. And then when I had the set, they always felt like, uh, you know, the Tonight Show is kind of like for bigger people or people who are like, you know, doing more, blah, 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 blah. So then it, it was kind of like the my profile didn't, you know, my set had it, but mm -hmm. I didn't have the profile or whatever. So fast forward a couple years. And I'm doing this e-showcase. And then, um, and I had applied to every show. I had applied to Conan. Uh, the, the last week of Conan, everybody was posting their pics of them on Conan. I posted the notes that I got from my set because it was all red. And just, you know, the, the guy just didn't didn't get me. And and it just it just felt like I was trying to, be in such like a narrow scope and I yeah to me I think I'm perfect for late night but um it just you know it just it just took a while to translate so I would apply to Seth I would apply to um uh, uh Col Colbert um Kimmel you know I would do showcases I would send tapes I would do everything so Finally, I do this e-showcase, and the booker from the, the Tonight Show saw me do, like, 10 that was, like, amazing. Mm -hmm. And so then he was like, you got to do that again in New York. And so I did it at uh, this club, The Stand in New York. Jimmy Fallon was there. The Tonight Show, like, writer staff was there. And I crushed it. And then... Um, from that round of uh, of people they saw, I was the first one they called, like, the beginning of the next year. That's dope. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what it is? like, you don't, you, don't, you don't have the brother comedy delivery. Brother? Yeah, like, uh, when you think of, like, the, the, the brothers, like, like, black comics. I got you. Your your delivery is, is so deadpan, it's just out of... 
Like your your delivery and your face are compl- I, I wouldn't put the two together. You and think I'm dead, man? I think so. Yeah. I would say I'm more of a like Martin Lawrence um <sighs> you know, jump around the stage like uh <laughs> no, no. I would say, you know, like like me, Chris Tucker, kind of the same comedian. Oh, I would have said like a that's what's going on in my head. In my head, I'm thinking I am all over the place. That's not so. That's not what's happening. No, not for me. Not, shit's hilarious, but I'm thinking Mitch Hedberg. Hmm. Um. There's another. There's another guy. I can't. I can't. I think. Think of his name. But delivery wise, and the intricacy, yet the simplicity of your jokes is is like you, you don't you rarely get that like you have to actually think about the jokes and when you actually get them you're like oh fuck why didn't i it was right there it was right on my nose i should have gotten that immediately but i didn't so it's, it's just it's completely different but it works like I i'm mean, at the crib dying laughing i'm and i'm not bullshitting at all yeah it was i was I feel like a lot of it is internal. A lot of it is how I feel about what I'm doing. When I feel like, oh, I'm, I'm, it's gonna be funny. It makes it way better than when I'm unsure, you know. So are you sitting at home like you, you, you just sitting at home watching TV? Oh, that's a fucking joke. You write that down. Um, I think it used to be like that. I think it used to just be like whenever something funny would would you know spark my interest i would talk about it but now i'm kind of more focused now i'm more like okay i know what this project's going to be about i know what the next one's going to be about and kind of like already have a goal in mind and just kind of finding the funny through that okay so what's the difference between like for sherman showcase which is wild, by the way. I had never heard of that until I watched uh, the 85 South uh, episode. And so I started looking at that. I'm like, this, first off, shout out to dude being from Detroit. What up, though? Um, but secondly, com- completely, again, just threw me for a loop, but hilarious. How do you go about writing for somebody else as opposed to writing for yourself? Um, I mean, for Sherman's, it was, you know, it was I. I wrote on that. My first job was the first season of the show. Okay. So I kind of watched the the Sherman's world get built and contributed to that. But you know, I just kind of saw it happen while it was happening. So you know, some of the pieces were there. A lot of it was there, but some of it wasn't. You know, mm-hmm. some of it was was the people. You know that that came together and what they brought. Um, as far as writing for other people though, it's it's really just kind of tapping into their voice. Um, for me, I don't like <laughs> doing impressions of people to them. And that's something that, that some people do, like, uh, like some of the stuff I've done for Steve Harvey, people do their Steve Harvey voice. And I, I when I pitch jokes, I pitch jokes in my voice. Like, but, if they, you know, 
when they hear something that they like and they feel like they could do, mm-hmm. then they already know, all right, if I if I like it in Rob's voice, when I put my voice on it, it's gonna be crazy. Right. So, so wait, so you write jokes for other people too? Um, I've I've written on like some award shows and stuff. You know, I, I wouldn't say I would, you know, written jokes for other people, but um but I, you know, I think, uh, I think sketch is a little different because sketch yeah. is, is like characters. So, you know, it's not Bashir, you know, it's, it's Sherman, it's not Diallo, it's Dutch, you know, so those are, those are kind of specific characters. But then within the sketches, people could be anybody, you know, yeah. so, you know, I mean, like for, for the character that I created, of you know my my funny interpretation of who Morris Day is, I know how to write for that. You know. <laughs> All right, so you got a hundred dollar bill, and you can pay to see one comic, living or dead. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna pay to see Richard Pryor. I can see that. Out of out of pure curiosity, like any any era, you know, I would love to see like around the like between that niggas crazy and live in concert. Mm-hmm. But you know, even if I saw older Richard or 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 young not, hasn't figured it out yet, Richard just from a a comics perspective would be would be interesting. I think I'm gonna have to go. I, I would say Dave Chappelle. But you you can do that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I can't. I, well, not for a hundred dollars. I'd be outside in the parking lot. Uh, but just like a, just for like if I'm gonna say like a goat or somebody like Dave Chappelle for me is probably. Like I I could drop him off at any time frame. I could do the same thing for Richard Pryor in any, any time frame. You can drop him off in the comedy club. And people are gonna laugh their ass off. Mm-hmm. What's the goal for you in twenty five years? Mm-hmm. Twenty five years. I hope I'm still in the game. I hope I'm I'm doing stand up when I want to. Um, I, I don't I don't think I'll ever quit. Mm-hmm. But um, I used to watch on Periscope. Mort saw like in his 90s, would do a set every Thursday. And so, you know, to me, that was inspiring. I would love to continue to not only want to perform, but create, you know. Um, but at the same time, I would I would love to start a family and, and continue to, you know, develop things and make things and maybe get into features and and movies and, and stuff like that. And so there's not as much pressure in mm-hmm. on on stand up, but at the same time I never wanna put it down. I feel you on that. But just kinda do it on my own accord. So it's not like, oh, I gotta do it, you know, because I'm still trying to get this or I'm still trying to achieve that, but just when I feel like doing it, I have a chance to do it and you know, still put things out, still tour, but just kind of on my own. Uh, yeah. You got an album out too, right? Mm-hmm. What's the name of that? 
And where, where Ace of Media. You can find it on everything. Spotify, uh, Apple Music Title, Google Play, whatever you use. Hazelpedia is on there. It's pretty fucking funny too, bro. Like Thank listen, you. I listen to that when I'm trying trying to work out, trying to, you know, not die. Um, oh, speaking of that, I have definitely, I was I was thinking about this shit. Like the worst shit that's ever happened to y'all. Yeah, I was talking about something you, 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 you had a blood clot on your toe and he had eye surgery. I'm at the house like, man, yeah, fucking weenies. I had whole ass heart surgery. Yeah. So I got y'all beat on that one. I'm sorry, but I had to bring that Wait, up. Wait, how'd you, what are you talking about my toe? You know about the, my toe? Yeah, you said it on the 85 South Show. You had your toe drained. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So I, research, I had a bro. toe injury after that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so, what after that? Yeah, I, I injured the same toe again, um, moving my stuff uh, <laughs> this past summer. But I was really? like, I don't remember talking about that anywhere. Like, it's not, I, you know, I might have did, like, one joke about it when I had a boot on my foot explaining how I got a boot on my foot. But then, you hey, know. Fuck I fuck up the, whole, the same toe, though. What'd you do? I was moving the table. It would, you know, I... Took it, I was taking it apart. It wasn't coming apart. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna just put this whole thing in my car. And I pick it up, and then the base falls off oh. right on my toe. Oh. Um, I'm bleeding. It bruises it and, and breaks it. And so, uh, so we call 911, the ambulance comes. The guy looks at it, he's like, Man, it's like when I hit my thumb with a hammer. You're good. If you want to go to urgent care, you can, but you're good. So I go to urgent care. They're like, why haven't you went to the hospital? I was like, the dude said I was good. And then they're like, what dude? So um, they give me three stitches and some pain meds, and my toe was like, Throbbing in pain for like a week. Oh. Yeah. Like if I wasn't on meds, it, it was a wrap for my toe. Oh, yeah. That, that mm-hmm. sucks, bro. No you... heart surgery. It's not heart surgery. Oh, my And my, my toenail is growing back. It fell off around Christmas. Um, but it's growing back. Yeah. Oh, my God. And man, it, I... takes a, it takes a long time. I mean, I've told the story, but I try to tell it as much as possible so somebody out there that smokes cigarettes can stop fucking smoking cigarettes because mm. I was smoking all, almost two packs a, a day towards, towards, uh, I haven't smoked a cigarette in almost two years. Once I went to the Congrats. hospital, well, shit, I didn't have a choice. Once I went to the hospital and they said, well, uh, you're lucky you didn't die. We need to operate. I never smoked a cigarette again. Wow. Uh, but it was, it was creepy, man. I, like, like. Some dude had to shave my balls. That's weird. And I'm like, bro, why do you have to shave my fucking balls? Well, they may need to go into your groin to get to your heart. I'm like, that's disgusting. Don't worry about it. I've got experience. I'm like, I don't want a motherfucker that's got experience shaving balls, bro. This is this is just whole Wait, shit. Wait, they don't put you to sleep? To shave your balls? No. But they no. put you to sleep to do the, the procedure, heart. right? Oh, it wasn't just a procedure. Like, I got a big-ass... Uh, Scar down the middle of my chest. Yeah, they crack your shit open and everything. So just wait. Just shave me when I'm out. I'm asleep. Yes. That's exactly what I said. No, we got to do it right now. 
And this motherfucker telling me this shit in the hallway. Yeah, oh. that's wild. Oh my god, the whole shit was wild, bro. Like it was a, it was an experience that you just, you never forget that shit. Um. So you, what? What about cigarettes caused that? Oh, cause my um my arteries were 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 blocked, like damn near completely. All my arteries in my heart were damn near blocked from cigarettes. Yeah, I mean, what well, they can't tell you specifically. You know, um, but smoking cigarettes is a leading cause of that, you know, and your diet. Okay. Do you think it's what's in cigarettes or you think it's the combustion, like, like smoke? I think it's what's in the cigarettes. Okay. Um, smoke is not good for you either, but weed smoke and cigarette smoke are completely different. Even though, like I said, the smoke part is not good for you, but what they put, they put some fucked up shit in cigarettes. I wasn't asking for that, you know what I'm saying? But you know, I'm I'm, I'm glad that's cleared up. I was curious, you know. I'm just saying, you know, I don't want people to be like, oh, you know. But yeah, man, like you, you definitely like, uh, like I've been smoking cigarettes for almost a quarter of a century, bro. So it, it was, it was not good. You ever read the comments on any of your, uh, your YouTube videos? Yeah. Do you do you like do you sit at home like agreeing with everything or are you are you yelling at the screen? It depends. There, I mean, like like the comments kind of show you how people perceive things, right? Mm-hmm. So there's some people, and they see like, oh, you wore sneakers on the Tonight Show. Like this guy is, you know, hip hop. This guy is of the culture. This guy is in the sneakers. And then some people see it and they're like. Baby, get some shoes, baby. What what are you doing? Come on now. It's a big night for you. Where are your shoes? You know? So it's just it just it puts in perspective, you know, like some people, you know, I think um it there was a bit of irony in, in my suit choice and I mm-hmm. was kinda going for like an eighties kind of thing and and I think that was lost on people. I think some people were like, man, this Pee Wee Herman kid, I don't know about him. You know, and it's like, I, don't, I was kind of going for that era. Like I was, you know, in, inspired by that. I feel like that's the, that was when the comedy boom, that's when comedians was making stupid money. That That's my introduction to late night. You know, I've always watched, Eddie Murphy had on his suit and, and, you know, Seinfeld and stuff like that. So that was in my head when I was, when I was picking out what I was going to wear. Um, uh, but then also you see how like some people don't understand the jokes or some people, you know, yeah. they'll make a comment and it'll be like, oh, they didn't get it at all, you know? Um and then I love I love watching the arguments. I love seeing one person like I ain't like this at all, and then other people like maybe you don't understand jokes. Maybe you don't get it. This is the most relatable thing I've seen all day, bro. You know, so I get I assign voices to different comments sometimes. Yeah, actually, I kind of do that too. Um, <laughs> you know, most people don't admit to to reading the comments, though. You'd be surprised. You know, I don't know how to read those. And I know you do. I've, I've, I've gone through a lot of videos, and every once in a while, you'll see that particular person has commented on something yeah, somebody yeah. says. Yeah, I try to have fun. Like, um, 
uh, we had our show sneak this, and the first couple promos they put out really made us look crazy. And the comments were like killing us before people had seen the show. Once people seen the show, we had like the a lot of love in the comments, and people just you know, other than the people like this is not sports, like people were like, oh my god, this is what the sneaker game needs. Like they mm. need a show like this. This is so creative. It's so unique. We want more. But before that, I was going back and forth with people just and just thinking that maybe that would help, you know, the situation. But you just the thing is you never know who sees that that part of it. You never know. Yeah. So Yeah. And and the next thing you know, that one part of that conversation, which could have been a whole long ass conversation, is what the meme is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I even like an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I kind of learned. I mean, I don't get that many comments like you do, you know, but every two or three that I get that uh, aren't good, I just ignore the shit. Yeah. No, some people just want to be negative, even when they got nothing. Like you could tell when somebody's got ammo and when somebody doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it is it anybody you like? Man, that person's really fucking funny. Oh man, there was uh, when I did Jesus and Mero, there was some funny comments. Their their fan base is pretty funny. Uh, uh, G Easy had just did it recently, and it was such a boring interview. And somebody was like, "This guy is more boring than G Easy," and that. <laughs> That threw me because I felt the same way about the other one. So I'm like, I like I hope they're joking, but man, that oh man, that had me dying. That hurt, huh? The people on I feel like on 85 South, they they make like all kind of assumptions about you. They're like, he seems like the type of dude that will, you know. And like, and then they'll have like all kind of different games with that. You know, he seems like the type of dude that irons draws. You know, like all kind of just just random things. It's like they I seem to get it you... though. Yeah, yeah, they get it. They get it. Also, I'm I was so different. I just thought they were gonna like trash me. I thought they were gonna hate it. But some people really liked that when they were like, you know, you were so different. Blah blah blah. And it's you know, just being myself. I can't be. Anything else? I will say that 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 episode inspired me more than any one episode of any podcast, including mine. And I'll tell Mm. you why. Like, I've never been the most, uh, well, I need to know everything about the person. I'm going to ask you every intricate question. I just like to have dope conversations with dope people. It doesn't translate well with everybody. And sometimes, like, you get to read in the comments or what people say, and it's like, damn, well, maybe I need to do this, and maybe I... That episode made me realize I I can do shit the way I want to do it. And the people that fuck with me will fuck with me. And the people that don't, you know, there's somebody out there for you. I'm not mad at you. Yeah. I mean, like, like, I think Los is not the type, you know, if he pulls out a good story, he would rather do that than, you know, tell me your, your life story type. Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, I, I I really I really enjoy that, but I I'm a fan of them. Like I watched them from the beginning. You um, can tell. Even even before they 
were doing the podcast when they were just, you know, just doing stand up before. I was there when Lowe's auditioned for Wildin' Out, you know. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's just been dope to watch watch his whole journey. That's really dope, man. Yeah. So I mean, who's, who's started been there for you besides uh, besides him and uh, your your mentor? Like, who's just been watching your journey? Um, I mean, like there was some guys that were already in the mix. Like, Low started uh, well before me, and Clayton English, mm-hmm. and uh, they started like together. And they, you know, when I first started, you would never see them together because they were always busy, you know, doing stuff and everything. And so, uh, it was a special moment when you saw them actually in the same space. Mm-hmm. LeVar Walker, uh, K-Dub. Um, I mean, Atlanta had some really funny people. Shima Franklin. Vanessa Fraction had a room that probably did more for me than than anywhere else. Um, and so I, I would do her room every Monday. Um, but yeah, there's a ton, ton of funny people in Atlanta and a, and a ton of funny people would come through Atlanta. Yeah, last time I've been to Atlanta was Freak Nick. Okay. All right. Man. Oh, I was a little weekend. kid. Yeah. Oh, my God. One of the best weekends of my life. Actually, I went twice. Uh, when was the last time you woke up just broke? Last time I woke up broke, um, it was not It was not that long ago. It was, you know, before before that first job, really around the time that I did The Tonight Show. I was like, selling clothes to you know pay the bills and stuff you know and uh doing seamless on foot like doordash uh no postmates postmates because yeah i still have the postmates credit card i was doing postmates in new york on foot and uh yeah you know no bike no you know that's horrible yeah i mean i had a i had a monthly train card so maybe if it was it was extremely far, I would just get on the train with people's stuff. But yeah, I would on foot. And people are rich people are crazy. They'll order a milkshake in a snowstorm. <laughs> My hand would just be like swollen and red and just please give me a tip. Like I've been holding this milkshake. Yo, we all getting lazy though. Man. Yeah. My wife ordered groceries. Groceries. We had somebody else go grocery shopping for us. The machine convinced us that that was safer than us going to the grocery store. Like they convinced us to get no contact delivery. Oh my God. And now, you know, it's not like it's a person that goes and gets your stuff and drops it off. And it was a lot of, remember the no contact delivery people knocking on the door yeah. and running away and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, they scared of you. You scared of them. You spraying your stuff down. And, yeah. And now COVID is no more. That's what, that's what, how some people act. Oh, I still wear God. my mask. Wearing a mask in Georgia feels like wearing a mask in Georgia in 2019. Like, I'll, I'll go places <laughs> with a mask on. <laughs> And you the only one. Yeah, look at me like like we all haven't done it. Well, look at me like like it's something new. Like there's a brother I interviewed, uh, Doctor Drummond, and okay. like he's been 
you know, on the COVID thing, basically from day one. And he put up a, a post the other day on Instagram and it was saying that basically the masks uh, are useless. At least the one, if you're not wearing the N95, like everybody's wearing, you know, their cousin made a mask that's got the Falcons on it or the Lions, or you got the little bitty surgical mask. First off, he was saying the surgical masks are useless too. Well, people have been doing surgery with those masks forever. Come on. Like now I feel some Come type on, of way. been opening up bodies, yes. delivering babies. Yes. With this useless mask, probably was like, you know, thought they was good. Probably was wild. Yes. Probably open mouth sneezing in in this useless mask. Yeah. I have actually done that myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm thinking I'm good. Apparently I was not. I was spreading shit. Good thing I didn't have a Rona at the time. You know, but apparently, you know, it's we could do away with those and be okay. Yeah. This is just one doctor, but I don't know. You know, it's a lot of shit out there, man. But the the whole COVID thing, man, it just, uh, man, it was a gift and a curse. And, I, you know, like it was dope getting to know people more intimately that were in your circle. But it's fucked up. We couldn't go to the movies or we couldn't go to the restaurant yeah. or we couldn't go do regular normal people shit for a long ass time. It was like the fucking movies. Yeah. Do you curse? Um not not in my like act. I try to I try to not curse when I'm when I'm on stage. Why? Like it, I just don't feel comfortable cursing in the in the microphone. I don't know. It's something about Something about the microphone just feels formal, and I don't know. Hmm. But also, I, I, uh, it's been, it's been good as, cause I'm not like, I'm not the person that my Facebook name would never be clean comedian Rob Hayes. Like, I would never, you know, make my family type that in to find me or whatever. But at the, <laughs> at the same time, I, uh, I don't know. I I do like that my album is clean. I do like that people of all ages can listen to my my jokes. You don't notice it though. Like they're like I try to be funny. I mean, it's like ankle weights. Doing comedy in in places where the expectation is this is going to be dirty, this is going to be, you know, super blue sex jokes, blah 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 blah. And then not doing that is is harder. Yeah. There's some people that's what they come for. They come to see people say the things that you can't say at work, you know? Yeah. But then also I'll do a corporate event and then people will be blown away because they're like, Oh my God, that was we we didn't get in trouble for booking you. That was really good, you know. We can't wait to see you at night. What's that going to be like? And they don't even know. <laughs> it's going to be the exact same. <laughs> I mean, but I, I get it. But I don't want to see a, a PG Eddie Murphy, like a stand-up PG Eddie Murphy. I, I want delirious. You, sure. But what you love about Eddie Murphy, I don't know. What I love about Eddie Murphy is not just the the fact that he's dirty 
like like you know the barbecue he's switching between four different characters yeah and not being himself to interject and it's amazing True. and that's amazing whether he's cursing or not but it's like listening to biggie the clean version it's different like if you get accustomed to yeah no your it, particular yeah. brand you know what i mean yeah but I would I would say if Biggie did if Biggie was a different person, then it wouldn't be like that. I'm not saying you know because what if I went out and and said fudge and and put you know thought curse words but didn't say them, mm-hmm. then that's gonna take people out of you. Yeah, you yeah. know. Because then I'd be like, "Why you're grown, bro. Why won't you just say the curse word? Yeah, yeah. Like, to me, that's that's just, you know, you might as well say it. Yeah, you're clearly I, thinking it. I don't want to hear much. But, yeah, I just have a couple moments that where I know it would hit, but I just I just rather not. I just rather not. I and respect that. It's it's been helpful. I get a lot of play on Laugh USA on on Sirius XM, and that's a that's a clean channel. But I also get played on Raw Dog, which is not a clean channel, and there's not a lot of comics that work clean that can can say that. Yeah, it's, you literally can go anywhere with the same routine and get the same laughs. Is there a particular crowd that you prefer though? I like smart crowds. I like, um, you know, places like D.C., Huntsville, Alabama. Really? Uh, Alabama? Hunts- I, I would, don't, would not you, have guessed that. Don't do the whole state. Huntsville's got the most PhDs <laughs> per capita. Yeah, they got NASA there. Yeah, it's some, it's some smart people in Huntsville. I would not have thought that. Did mm-hmm. I know that? My apologies, Huntsville. Portland, Oregon, uh, the Bay. You know, New York. I really like 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 people, and and because I I think my stream of consciousness is is not always um kind of surface level. Sometimes I I get into more more heady places. Sometimes I get into more political stances. Sometimes, and so you know, anywhere where I could just go mm-hmm. and don't have to worry about are these people going to get it? Are these people gonna be lost and they can just kind of go with me i i like i like places like that okay i, I ain't gonna hold you up too long but what, what you good. got next um we've we wrapped a new season of sherman so that's coming soon um be on the lookout sneak this br kicks working on that okay i didn't see that what what exact explain that to me Okay, so Sneak This is a, it's the first ever sketch show all about sneakers and sneaker culture. And it's on uh, BR Kicks, Bleacher Report. They have a whole channel that's about um, sneakers. And so, we yeah, we have a sketch show. We got six episodes on there right now. That's crazy. So you're a sneakerhead? Yeah, I'm a sneakerhead. Dopest, dopest shoe. I love the Jordan 4, the cement gray Jordan 4. I like those two. I'm a Adidas. I'm from Detroit. Okay. And I top tens, top tens have always been like my whole life. Like a pair of top tens, you can wear literally to a wedding, a funeral, a graduation, and in the hood. So a 
clean pair of all white top tens will always be for me. I might actually get buried in those. Not with the not with the navy stripes with the red on top with the nope. little gray. No, mm-hmm. nope, Just straight all white. white, all white. Got a pair upstairs. There's a comedian and all he wears is top tens. Tone Bell. I've not heard of him. I got I got to check Tone that out. Bell, he's um. Uh, Atlanta guy, but but started in Texas, but he's been he's been you've seen him in a movie. He's mm-hmm. been in you know, uh, he's been in a ton of good movies recently. He was in the um, Billy Holiday movie. He was in the um, he was in the uh, uh, the movie with um, Nandi Asamoah and uh, uh, Tessa Thompson. Um, the like little love story, but yeah, no, he's he's in a ton, he's in a ton of stuff, ton of TV shows. Um, Damn. yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, what's the name of that movie? Top tens. I'm definitely gonna check that out. But man. all he wears is top ten. When he's not wearing skates, he's wearing top tens. Ah, uh, I got a pair upstairs. Some red, black, and green ones. I had my daughters buy for me a year ago. I've worn them once. Got to find something to wear with those. Okay. Are they patent leather? They, they, they are. The okay. patent leather joints. I think I know those here. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Clean. Um, got my, my old lady bought me some Air Maxes. I had a couple pair of those. But the okay. black and gray ones, I can't remember what year they are. Cold, though. That's pretty, I, I definitely got to check that show out. Let me write that down. Yeah, I have to yeah. write my, my, myself some notes. And shit. Sneak this. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting concept too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so my bad. What else you got coming up? Um, that's it. I, you know, when when I know more about about this project that I'm that I'm working on right now, you know, be able to tell people more. But it's it's kind of, you know, we uh, shot the proof of concept, so so pushing that out there now. Um, and so yeah, that's gonna be the next hopefully special and album. Okay. Have you written the movie yet? Not yet. What you wait now? Some time, some free time. I've been work like doing a lot of writing jobs. I had like three jobs in February. I just just finished in a room, you know, so I just just been doing a lot of writing for other people and haven't haven't had the time and, and bandwidth to just get started on on the movie my bad it's my dog running around oh you good you yeah. good you got the virtual background so i was like yo i don't even see nothing in this this lavish apartment what city is that behind you uh i'm not sure it's just a dope ass picture i found man i'm in my basement bro i got you okay although i do got a nice little whatchamacallit behind that um i just happen to i, I like to you know this is my dream mm-hmm. although i'm scared of heights so i would never actually live there um, and I never understood why people that with the richest people stay in the most unsafe apartments. Like if I'm, if I got a lot of money, I'm not staying in an apartment that if the place burns up, I'm going to die. I'm going to be like a really dope apartment on the first floor. Yeah, but I think they're thinking nobody can just run in my, in my place. I mean, they're typically in buildings where nobody's running in anybody's place. Yeah. You know, if if you you, you you live in Jay-Z's building, ain't nobody breaking in there. There's no crime there. 
you know. But if it catches on fire, how you gonna get out? Yeah. I just never understood that. Um, but yeah, I got a couple of these behind, you know. Um, I just thought it was just, uh, I don't know. I'm lazy, I guess. I don't know. Um, let me see. What else I got? Uh, Kevin Hart and Snoop. You, you did the show with them? Yes, I did the, the year in wrap up 21 and done with them. Okay. Actually, I saw a couple of their joints and they might be one of the best pairings in the history of pairs. They're, They're hilarious. They're so funny. Snoop is super knowledgeable. Kevin can make anything funny. Um, I mean, yeah, you don't have to give them much. We wrote so many jokes, so many jokes, and they they use so few of the jokes that we use just because <laughs> they just felt yeah, it was. It was crazy. We we had stuff for him for everything, but you know. So do you? Are you there on set with them? We're there on set. You hear the laughs in the background. That's <sighs> that's us. That's the writers. Yeah. So is Snoop yeah. like really that cool in real life? He's the coolest. He's like like another like another level, you know, because he's you. Not only is he cool, but also. He made some of your favorite stuff. He made some of your favorite people's favorite stuff. Man. And he he's not even on that. He's not playing his music. He's not even playing West Coast music. He's playing old school music. He's chilling, you yeah. know? He's, he's the yeah. uncle everybody. He is Uncle Snoop. He's Uncle Snoop. The world. But at the same time, he knows a little bit about, like, like I said about Los. He's like the same way. He knows a little bit about everything. Well, when you're rich and you got a lot of weed, man, you watch a lot of shit. Yeah, but he's not, I don't know. For, for, I've only was around him on that one job, and he gives me the, the feeling of like when he smokes other people under the table, he's still learning and finding out stuff. So if other out there, people are like passed shit. out. And he's, you know, still learning, reading a book or looking <laughs> at some online. Gotta be, because he knows about everything. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not that bright. But if you happen to see this, Snoop, I, I got money, everything I own. I know somebody that will absolutely smoke you under the table. Mm. I got a cousin, man. This, this guy's been like 20 years ago. He was smoking ten blunts a day. Different strokes for different folks. I feel like like the people like, you know, the Seth Rogans and the Currencies and the Wiz Khalifas and, and the Snoops of the world, the Willie Nelsons, there are people that are built to do that. Man. And there are other people. I'm a super lightweight. Oh I'm, it, you know, I will be acting a fool trying to, I can't compete? No. I can't no. pay for it now. I'm the one that they can talk. Come on, Rob, you put in. Come on, you're not, you're not really smoking. That's what they always say to me. You're not even really smoking. Like, all right. I, I, I feel like I, I'm done. Like, it's to the point now, like, well, not now, but back when I was smoking, I, I, there's certain people I would make no attempt to even smoke with because it's, it, it, I'm gonna embarrass myself, and they end up laughing at me. Mm -hmm. You know, so 
No, I wouldn't. Like my cousin, no. Bro, you go, nope. I go over his crib. You wouldn't? No, I don't. I'm cool. I was high in the car. Uh, uh, no. Um, so when you gonna start a family, bro? When yo, kids? yo, whoa, this took a turn. It does. I got a little ADHD. <laughs> we, we ain't talking about no personal nothing. It's like, <laughs> like you pressing me. Um, my, my bad. <laughs> I have a, I have a girlfriend. Um, you know, we, we taking things slow. We want to mm. do things the right way. We want to get married first and then, and then, uh, after that, you know, pursue a family. So, I don't know. It's it's in that plan, you know. That that twenty five years from now, that's the reason why I'm not just out here touring the world all day long. It's because I plan on having having a family, having some kids for sure. Yo, man, kids are dope. And I, I I've got adult children. Now. I got grandkids. Okay. Grandkids are the best because you can take them back. <laughs> and everything they do is adorable. Everything. You know, and like my, my my one one granddaughter, I go over there, Papa, and it's just beautiful, perfect little pitch voice. Oh, I swear, like no is not even an option. Um, but good luck with that, man. I, I I something just tells me you're gonna be like just a really dope father. Thank you, thank you. No, no doubt, man. And if nobody has told you today, bro, I'm proud of you. Oh wow, I I appreciate that. This, you know, this I, is a good feeling. I didn't know how to feel. You know, intellectually petty. I I didn't know. I didn't know what, what how how deep that was gonna be. You know, like yeah, this this has been nice. I appreciate it, man. Well, yeah. the the thing about it is, I try not to make our people look bad. And that oh. you know, that's a reason why I don't have a gazillion followers. Is I'm not talking a bunch of shit, and I'm not screaming at nobody, and I'm not going. You know, I don't want you to leave and be like fuck him. The people will come, man. The people they will. Come. They absolutely will. Um, your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show right now? Or just period. Just period. Um, I think the best TV show on, on Earth is Inside the NBA. Um, really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I was like, no Seinfeld? I love, love Seinfeld, love Curb. You know, um, shoot, I don't, it's my favorite TV show though. I don't know. I'm, I'm crazy about a different world. Crazy about the Cosby show. Oh, that classic shit. Yeah. Malcolm Jamal Warner followed me like a month ago. and I, Really? Oh my God, bro. I just like, Ooh. I had to call my friends and shit. Like, bro, I have made it. Malcolm Jamal Warner is following me. Like, oh, anyway, um, I want to ask him about the Gordon Gartrell. Like, where is that? I need to know. Yeah. It looks a lot like the shirt Cuba was wearing in Boys in the Hood. It does. <laughs> it absolutely does. But A Different World was actually a better show. Once they figured it out, once they, once they got it together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It just was, at least, I guess for me, because I was at that point in life. Okay. So it was just way more relevant and it was more realistic. You know, the Cosby show at the time, looking back, the Cosby show was, was groundbreaking. But living through it, it was just, 
And I lived in kind of like a, you know, a decent neighborhood. I lived in a good neighborhood, you know. All of Detroit is black folks. So we were kind of like upper middle class Detroiters, if that makes sense. So, you know, there were there was a lot of professionals in our neighborhood, but you never saw a doctor and a lawyer. You, no, nothing to that level. So it was a little unrealistic, at least in our minds. And a different world was spot on. It was right there. Like that's some shit that I lived. See, I'm I'm from Atlanta, so that I know people whose parents are black lawyers, parents are black doctors. You know, were working in that era where you know. So I don't know. For for me, it's like those those people existed. I always kind of fight back at that because I I feel like. You know, the unfortunate thing is one family, there was an era where one family had to represent all black people. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing, you know, because, the you know, like there's a Morehouse Medical School that we knew about. I would, I would go to the science camp there. So, you know, that's an all black medical yeah. school. They, yeah. They're putting out black doctors every year, you know. True. So it's just. It's just one of those things where I wish I wish more people, you know, and I mean, this, this is not just a youth thing. This is stuff I've heard my whole life about, about the Cosby show and kind of authenticity. But I, I feel like, you know, those, those people existed. They weren't, you know, but they weren't everywhere, but they definitely existed. Well, you got to realize, too, like you're, you're the next generation after me. So you're the generation that the Cosby show the, you are the possibility that the Cosby Show created for a lot. Of yeah, us. but I'm saying I'm saying here in Atlanta, you got people that like my, are you. Of course, you got people who are first generation college. You also got people who are like third generation college. Like like my homegirl's grandfather was a you know trailblazing black doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, and and there and there's a lot of people here with connections to the civil rights movement. You yeah. know, you look up their their grandparents and their great uncles and aunts, and they were, you know, not just in the marches, but but leading stuff. So it's mm-hmm. just it's just a different, um, I don't know. It's just a different experience here as far as, as far as that goes. But yeah, yeah. but you know, at the, at the same time, we just got to get to the point where we have so many representations that it's not just it's not an anomaly. Yeah, and, and yeah, you know, like, like I, I feel like part of the pressure of of a of a show like Blackish, and like, is that we we had gotten back to the point where one family was representing all black people. Yeah, on television, yeah. and it's never, it's it's never gonna, you know, everybody's never gonna feel that. Yeah, you although know? Blackish is a ridiculously good show. It's a really good show. Yeah. But there are people who com- who never even tried it because they're like, that's not, you know, because of the name Blackish. Yeah. And they're like, that's not me. That's not what I want to see on TV, you know. And so I, I, I think there's some people that never even gave it a shot just because, you know, it doesn't fit into what... um you know, with their idea of the black family that, that should be shown it's, on TV. It's not power. It's not power. 
you know, and a lot of people that watch Power, and I, I fuck with Power, no disrespect to that show. I watch Power. The the That's two communities generally don't intermingle. People that fuck with Blackish usually fuck with Blackish, and they're not fucking with Power, and vice versa. There are some people, you know, that that'll go through both lanes, but it's it's, it's usually a either or. And I'm not sure, you know, people are like, oh, that's not realistic. Bro, you wasn't selling birds either. That's not realistic. Somehow in their mind, some dude oh, shooting people, oh. a million people and selling 700 <laughs> bricks is that realistic. That take some, some leaps. I was going to ask you if you watch BMF or if you had any thoughts on that show. Um, I watched BMF. And the crazy part about it is, like, like in Detroit, especially during that time, where they grew up at, we, most of us didn't go. It's a whole different fucking world, yeah. you know. So, but but the t- the first show, I was like, I remember telling my boy, this shit is ass. This don't represent us, mm-hmm. you know. I had a mm-hmm. million critiques of the first show. It's mm-hmm. gotten a lot better as it's progressed. I I would say the paragraph on top cracked me up. You know, like the uh, a lot of the things are from real things, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Some of this really happened, you know, like yeah. like I I love that and I I do love that they're not tracing other shows and other stories. You could tell they're like making something from scratch, you know. There's yeah. a lot of things that feel like, okay, I don't think I've seen this before, but I do wish we see how they got to cocaine. You don't start at cocaine in high school. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wood Harris picks them up as yeah. kids. Yeah, you do. And then, what? Yeah, you do. Yes, yes. You just start, you don't yes. start. Yes, yes, you trust me. You start with cocaine? Yes. Like, like, That's a I lot remember, of stress. I remember distinctly. They don't start on, like, selling no. weed? no. No, there was a lot of cats that I they grew up with. selling candy, Kool-Aid, No, no, no. They're children. When I, I remember 85, 86 when cocaine hit Detroit. And it went from, like, dudes that stole cars in my neighborhood went straight to selling dope. It, it, it was no... See, they started stealing cars. See, well, yeah, they were criminals. They had a criminal somewhere. mindset. Yeah, there was a criminal mindset. That's, that's what I'm saying. The The to start us off as these kids arguing in the house and then they get picked up by this man <laughs> and then we never see the so, progression yeah. of even how yeah. like what makes you even you know like like think about the the first time you ever did something bad the first time you ever did something and it's like oh you know like maybe somebody stole a candy bar maybe somebody you know like 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 we don't we never get that yeah. It's just like, yo, we got on fur coats, we got on chains, we selling cocaine, we talking about taking over the city immediately, you know? Well, you know what it is, though, is that most of most of their audience already knew the story. Okay. So, you know, like, from, being from Detroit, they would not be who I would put on TV. Like, there's there, there was a, a gang, group, organization, whatever you want to call it, called Young Boys Incorporated. That's Detroit. BMF story really don't get started much, you know, it gets started in E-Course and Inkster and Southwest Detroit, but it don't really get going to the hit Atlanta. Like Young Ooh. Boys was Detroit through and through. 
Like that would be the story. And that, that was a criticism that I had. And, and a lot of people from Detroit had like, okay, yeah, you know, it's dope that they're talking about Detroit, but if you really going to talk about Detroit, these are the cats that they need to be talking about. And it was, the same, it was the same time frame. And those cats really like, really, really, they had a lock on Detroit, not just some little city outside of Detroit. They had Detroit locked down. So, but, mm. you know, as it's got, you know, like I say, as it went on, it got better. I still like Snowfall better. Uh, I mean, Snowfall, I feel like it's night and day just because you have the whole CIA and then yeah. the, the Mexicans and you, you really have three different stories that kind of converge and and tell one one larger story so yeah no i i think yeah i think that snowfall is like a like a different monster you know you got walter mosley writing episodes you but know. Now, they did still old boy they, cause i i happened to inter, uh interview rick ross the real one okay okay and they, they, they they stole this whole fucking story oh yeah 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 and, and give him give him nothing like that part i don't like yeah. but Man, like I, I just watched the most recent episode today. Oh my god, that shit was lit. Don't spoil it. I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god, you gotta watch the lit. Yeah, I'm, Ooh. I'm still in the cage, so don't, don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. gonna say another word, man. But right, trust cool. and believe, you're gonna be like, man, that dude was right about that one. Yeah, this last episode, I was like, oh, I've been waiting on this one. It's about to really just turn up. Okay, Actually, it kind of did. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say Snowfall and then BMF, uh, would, and I think BMF is going to catch up though. I think now that they, you know, they're, they're, they're going to put some more money in the BMF. Yeah. You know, so. I, um, I mean, yeah, no, I, I like BMF. I like, you know, I, and I like that it, I feel like they're telling the story in a, in a different way. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, I was, I was just curious because of the whole Detroit element. I, I am curious what they're going to do next as far, you know, are they just going to zoom all the way to Atlanta? Or I think they're so. Gonna, they're going to go year by year, what they're going to do? Nah, I think they're going to, you know, they'll they'll do a, 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 a episode where it's both. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, well, we're here, we're doing all this, and then bam, this is how we got to Atlanta. And then when it gets to Atlanta, it's just gonna, you know, they're gonna have to put more money into it because they had more money. Mm. You know, you got to be able to show like they really, really had bread, or yeah. pe- people gonna tune out. You know, if, like they get to Atlanta and they they driving fucking box Chevys. Yeah, I don't want to see you driving box Chevys in Atlanta. I want to see you driving Porsches. Yeah, you know, shit like that. You know, I want I want to see the rich aspect. You know, um. Anyway, um. If people want to get in contact with you, they they want to book you for a show. How do they go about doing that? RobHayes.com. That's very simple. To the mm-hmm. Point. Mm-hmm. RobHayes.com. Um, I'm Rob Hayes on everything except for Twitter. This man has this, this handle. He won't let it go. Um, he gets way more mentions about me than about him and his dog and whatever he's doing. But, yeah. So... <laughs> Robert is the man on Twitter, but Rob Hayes uh, on everything else, pretty much. Yeah. 
including <laughs> Cash App, Venmo. You want to send me some money? Yeah, Rob Hayes on there too. That, send a man some money. He deserves it. Um, <laughs> I greatly, greatly, greatly. First off, you posted the flyer, which most people don't do, bro. Really? Yes. It yes. costs nothing. It's promoting. It's me. It, I'm always gonna promote me. That's that's oh nuts. You you would be surprised, yo. And for the record, man, um, love Chuck D. I appreciate that you love Chuck D. Um, man, that was probably man. It's got to be one of my worst interviews. Oh man. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I was like, how do you know I love Chuck? Here it is. Yeah. Boom. I- <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Like I had been trying to interview him for a long time, and then one day, just out the blue, his people call. Okay, bro, you got a half an hour. And I was just caught off car. You know, first off, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I was hella nervous. Oh my god, I don't, I don't even. I rarely listen to episodes I've done, but that one I never listened to because I'm scared of how bad I'm gonna sound. But yeah. it was dope as fuck that I can tell my kids and grandkids when they see him on TV or they see the video. Yeah, I interviewed him. You know, so really is dope and I will always love oh my god man Public Enemy one of the best groups in I the love, history I love Public Enemy I had a whole phase like uh, and it's so funny cause like they you know It Takes a Nation came out when I was born but when I was 18 that's all I wanted to listen to was that and Fear of a Black Planet and you know, Yo Bum Rush the Show. I I just had like a phase. I had a in college. I had a Public Enemy poster on the wall, and I had like a you know Chuck and Flav shirt, and I was I was into it. Yeah, just the the Bomb Squad beats, man. Were crazy. The, the beats were crazy, and I I didn't know anyone. There was no one near me that felt the same. Even wanted to like try it. It was just purely just me, just <laughs> by myself, listening to Public Enemy, and I don't know. Yeah, I just man, the, the interludes, just every, Terminator X, ah, you know, like I crazy. Man, yeah, I, although I think the Bomb Squad with Ice Cube was more a perfect fit. Yeah, America's Moses and 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 uh, oh. Kill at Will. Is, oh. it, yeah, those are incredible. Oh, I, I, will, I will, I will agree with that. Once I, I listened to, I listened to PE a whole lot, and then when I found out that they did America's Most, I, yeah, I, I listened to that recently, and I was just like, I, yo. I wasn't crazy, yo. Dude, and then the, like, like people think that the build up to the Snoop album was the biggest in history. They weren't old enough to understand the build up to Ice Cube's album. Really? Oh, the anim I mean, he had just left you know, he left NWA. Like the niggas with attitudes. And leaving them, you know, people was you know, he was gonna be a flop. And then he went all the way to the East Coast to get beats. Oh man, he's fucking up his career. He didn't change, you know, he ain't the same. Blase and when it came out, bruh. It was, man, that shit was just, it was a whole nother galaxy of shit. 
Mm-hmm. Like Ice Cube was like people knew he was the glue of NWA. He was the dope one, but they, we didn't know how dope Ice Cube was until Ice Cube did his shit by himself. And man, oh man, that's absolutely one of the that and Snoop definitely for my lifetime probably and and Pac when he got out of prison top three most anticipated albums that I can think of. Okay. And, and I would say well, Snoop had a perfect album. I don't know if, if, if America's most, yeah, America's most was a perfect album, but I don't think it was as perfect. Like Snoop shit sonically was just better than everybody else's. Yeah. Sequencing. And the commercials. The, yeah. The, oh yeah. my God. God, it just was, and Dre had become such a perfectionist at the time. Like it didn't sound anything like any NWA shit. It was, oh, that was that was some beautiful music. Outkast made some. They probably one of the few groups with three classics. I don't. It's not too many other groups that's got the first three. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Out the out, especially out the gate. Oh man, when Southern Player Listen came out, bro, they they that shit was different. I still play that like to this day, and it still sounds like it came out yesterday. Shout out to uh, Big Boy and Andre Three Thousand, wherever yeah. you at. Yeah. You know. Shout out um, to the both of them for sure. On that note, bro, I'm uh I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna let you go ahead and spend spend some time with your family. Happy birthday to your sister and your grandmother. Oh, Thank that's you. A, that's a beautiful thing right there. Man, how old is Gramps? Ninety-three. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a life right there, bro. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. my God. I haven't and got a still, chance to interview talking. somebody. Like, yeah, I, I'm still, trying to interview somebody. You know, Ninety. Still got some memories and and able to to recall different things and really you know hold a conversation and stuff. So it's it's a real blessing for real. That's dope, man. That's mm-hmm. dope, man. So, hey, hey, it's looking good for you, bro. You you should be around for another 60, 70 years then. Now, um, if you happen to come to Detroit or Cleveland, let me know. So okay. So tickets and come support your shit. All right. I, I will do that. Yeah, yeah I will definitely like do that. I've been shows. trying. I got family out there. I got some friends that uh, after college moved out there. I can't find a venue that, you know, or, or like the right situation, but I've been I've been trying to get out there. Man, you got to hook up with Coco. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm not familiar. Actually, uh, a friend of mine, he uh, is the student minister for a mosque number one. He knows everybody. Okay. So if you, if you you try to do that, man, hit me up. You know, inbox me or email. Me. I'll hit you. I, yeah, I, yeah. I can see if we can put that in motion and uh. Yeah, because Coco has been doing comedy for years, you know, so she's like a staple in Detroit. Okay. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, if, if don't nobody else know, she would know. Okay. Uh, Horace, Horace, I can't remember Horace's name. I went to high school with this cat named Horace. He does like, like a, I won't say Christian comedy, but Christian comedy, if that makes sense. Like Kev on stage before Kev on stage. Okay. Um, He would know too. Hit me up, man. We'll, 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 we'll see something. We'll connect. Yeah, no doubt, man. It's been an honor and it's been a privilege, man. Enjoyed the conversation, man. It was dope having you on. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. I appreciate you, man. If you ever need anything, let me know. Okay. 
All right. Yeah. No doubt, man. You have a good one. You too. All right. Peace. Peace.